and welcome back to the Transfer Marketing Podcast. My name is Prashant Malkani and the topic for today's episode is the rewarding world of brand and strategy consulting. A winning brand and marketing strategy requires a balance of math and magic. Very often brands, large or small, believe they can manage the entire process and more often than not, dive straight into execution. What they tend to forget is that customers today are more savvy, skeptical and demanding than ever before and hence it is important to shape your brand identity that will be vital to your business and customers and stand out from the crowd before diving straight into execution. To help us dwell further into this topic, I have Devapriya Khanna on today's episode. Devapriya is a seasoned marketer and strategy consultant with over 25 years of experience. She is the founder of 212 Degrees Brand Lab that helps entrepreneurs, executives and enterprises to build brands that generate tangible business results. Besides having worked with brands like Nestle, ICICI Prudential and Carlsberg, she is the president of India-UK Business Council for Women Indian Chambers of Commerce and Industry, as well as an official member of the Forbes Business Council. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Hi, Deva Priya, and welcome to the Transfer Marketing Podcast. Really looking forward to today's conversation with you. Thank you for having me on your podcast, Prashant, and that too on such an interesting topic. Uh, Transformation and marketing are pretty much the keywords that anchor my long professional journey, and transfer marketing brings both these words together and makes it all very relevant for me. So I'm, I'm really glad to be here and have this conversation. Perfect. I'm glad that we are aligned, considering that I'm hoping for a great conversation ahead. So just to begin, and I actually want to go back, you know, to your past experience, because you have managed to work with some of the larger brands in India. I actually wanted to focus on an interesting topic of conversation, because there's a lot of misconception that when larger brands introduce a new product, for example, it's a lot easier for them. But what people don't realize is that, you know, and I can take an example of Unilever. When Unilever launches a new product, uh, people don't tend to know it's a Unilever product. They possibly look at it as a completely new product which has come into the market. So my question to you would be, how can large brands actually make a powerful first impression while launching these new products? And if possible, from your past experience, if you can just share a few examples. Yeah, great question, Prashant, because um, isn't marketing all about creating the desired perceptions? So, um, you know, be it Unilever or Nestle or um, any of the big brands that I've worked with or any big or small brand, I think ultimately... Uh, the the desire and the intent really is to to come in with a bang but not lose out on um, essence and values and uh, and all of that that form the fabric of the brand now when you talk about uh, first impressions uh, we should remember that typically it takes 2.6 seconds to create a first impression and and yeah. that's how important it is right yeah now how can brands large or small at i mean i'll include even smaller brands here yeah. how can they make a powerful first impression while launching and i have three tips these are uh, tips from my past you know things that i've seen working things that i've used and things that i advise the uh, brands that i'm working with now to uh, never slip up on yeah so firstly um, a brand launch should be carefully executed for maximum impact Right. Very often, though, businesses are in too big a rush to unveil their new brand. 
and yeah. go straight yeah. into execution mode yeah and especially now especially now with social media and you know they want an instagram strategy right away they want to have right away they want to have their website up and running mm. just create something you know and that becomes a fatal flaw yeah you need to plan ahead to be able to craft a consistent strategy hmm. you need to build high quality creative assets yeah. because you cannot compromise on on the look and feel of your brand right hmm. Now, the second thing is that an effective brand launch always starts from the inside out. Yeah. Right? The launch should happen internally first. Hmm. It's critical that all internal stakeholders yeah. from leadership to employees to yeah. you know your 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 board members or your advisory members. Yeah. It's important for all of them to thoroughly understand the new brand and how to communicate it before it's introduced to the world at large. and uh, it's also very important to make your employees your most loyal brand ambassadors because you know they they are going to be the ones to amplify your message uh, externally yeah right and an internal launch also allows the brand to be piloted in a uh, safe space you know constrain in a in a smaller uh, protected environment and and corrections made if required before the external launch so yeah. um, ignoring an internal launch can really be a big risk Yeah. And then uh, and then the third um, focus area is that you know Prashant there are two general types of first impressions uh, experienced by your external audience and now I'm talking about the external audience. Hmm. So um, you have a set of people uh, who are unaware of the problem or the need for the solution. Yeah. So they don't know what they don't know, right? Yeah. So they yeah. don't even know that they need it. So um and then you have um, a set of people who are aware of the problem and are looking for the solution. Yeah. And both sets can be your uh, target audience. Yeah. Your communication has to be t- tailored specifically for each of these audiences. Yeah. You can't really, you know, you can't just spray and pray and uh, expect that you'll have positive and consistent first impressions. Hmm. Yeah. And um, you know you you asked me about my uh, you asked me about my experience yeah. in my career of over 18 years of launching and relaunching brands. Hmm. Um I've learned from there. We've always abided by these three rules, which now, in my terminology, is known as the rule of three. Yeah, interesting. And actually, you know, since we've really spoken about you know your past experiences and mainly in in larger brands, and now obviously, you know, with your focus on consulting with smaller brands, startups, do you do you actually see a huge difference? Because I know we have spoken about this in the past that yeah. when you when you are working with larger brands and when you're working with smaller brands, there's actually a huge difference in terms of the learning. There is, yeah, uh, that you can actually mm. provide. Uh, but obviously. having said that i mean with your experience definitely there's a substantial amount of learnings that you can uh, really pick up from your past experience in, lo- in larger brands and move it to smaller brands so if you can just possibly emphasize you know some parts of your of your learnings and also having said that i believe that there are some challenges as well some you know adjustings to do as well uh, when you're making that shift so if you could possibly Yeah, uh, focus a little on on that as well to to help our listeners better understand this this shift. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Right, right. Um, so, uh, you know, um, uh, of course, uh, you, we, we've spoken about this and how one has had to pivot, uh, how one has had to change one's thought process. And and again, here I'll talk about the four M's that yeah. um, I follow. And I, I do a lot of this, uh, you know, the, the terminology and uh, making it easy. So I use alphabet. So here I'll talk yeah. about the four M's, which is basically your mindset, messaging, marketing and monetization in that order. Mm. Hmm. which is a which is a principle i uh, i apply to small businesses yeah. Hmm. yeah why do i do so is um so the first m that i talk about is mindset and and this is really where the difference lies uh prashant yeah. so uh, what is it that's different between a large business and a corporate structure and hmm. what is different with a smaller business ultimately it's um mindset mm. um, the key learnings from the corporate world which i've brought in is yeah. uh, definitely has definitely been around the need for ensuring quality so mm. i am uh, you know a stickler for quality and i encourage my clients also to um, to adhere by certain uh, strict quality parameters simply because you know having worked with some of these uh, global giants the one thing i've taken away is the importance of ensuring quality yeah. so quality in your in your products quality in your services quality uh, even um, in the look and feel mm. then uh, setting up processes and systems again is very important and it's important to, to actually sit down and map what is going to follow what mm. and um, having a plan B ready as mm. well how many how many businesses actually look into this yeah. being professional in every situation this is again I can't stress enough on on the importance of this and I think that is really what sets uh, one business uh, apart from the other hmm. um, and then and then prioritizing strategy first and then ensuring flawless execution so these are some of the things that I've learned uh, really well in my corporate um, avatar and and that's these are some of the things that I sort of bring into this uh, space and and then uh, then comes the messaging then it's important to really focus uh, on the messaging what is it that you're going to communicate you know um, again like it one size doesn't fit all and uh, it, sometimes it happens is that one size fits none so are you really communicating the right thing to the right um, audience and therefore the messaging becomes important it's only after that that the marketing uh, happens and then the monetization happens but yeah. the challenge in, uh, really is that um, it's very difficult to convince business owners to uh, do all, all of the above that I talked mm. about yeah. because um, it's it's about it's about revenue generation it's about uh, so they want to jump to monetization first yeah. and which is why the mindset bit is very very important to sit with mm. them to explain to them that look um, you know a for you know b follows a and that order there's an order yeah. so uh, in a bit to get to the market business owners often mm. want to rush into execution mode some of them don't feel the need to spend spend time or money on strategy or even on consulting you know why do yeah. you need a yeah. consultant in yeah. the first place we can do it somebody you know uh, go to go to intern shala hire some interns they'll do your social media yeah. but um that then again you're setting yourself up for uh, failure because if you mm. if you're not consistent then you're not communicating the right message or a coherent message yeah but prashant also i want to say uh, this at this point is that fortunately this is mm. now changing this is all changing 
um, because I see founders really wanting to invest in um, setting a foundation of, um, you know, focusing on communicating their culture, their values, their strategy. Mm. and um, and integrating these into their brand yeah. and i see a lot of them emphasizing on uh, their personal brand and their founder brand because yeah. um, the the reputation and the credibility is something mm. that uh, cannot be compromised on and yeah. Um, you know, so during the pandemic, I've launched a brand and strategy. I've launched brand and strategy boot camp, several of them for business owners. Mm. I've launched an accelerator program for women entrepreneurs and both of which are seeing a great response. So that uh, that's very reassuring. Yeah. And more businesses, even management consultancy firms are now interested to speak about positioning and brand consulting. Mm. So um, while there are challenges, I, I, I do see that the bridge between these big brands and smaller businesses, those yeah. um, who really want to go to the next level, the, the bridge is really uh, narrowing. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I quite like your response where you did mention how smaller brands and startups are actually trying to make that shift from the regular execution to more strategy consulting. And I think my next question is actually flowing in, in that direction itself. So how can these, you know, smaller players actually maximize and, you know, actually consult with say partners like you to help grow their business? So what, what is the kind of budgets that they would need? And also, uh, would they benefit if they end up you know, spending a little more than what they just spend in execution. Um, so I would say that, you know, it's about being penny wise, pound foolish. Hmm. And um, you know, with that thinking, I, I strongly believe that the role of brand strategy consulting is to streamline the thinking process and, hmm. and, and you know, build frameworks that can guide you through a well-defined path. Yeah. So uh, why did some of these, um, you know, bigger organizations and brands insist on developing a brand identity manual? Because, mm. you know, today, uh, today you're handling marketing, uh, an agency is, is doing something tomorrow. And we all know that these are, you know, people who are not consistent uh, may be with you today, not there tomorrow. But but what about the ethos of the brand? What about the, you know, basic identity? When yeah. you're shifting hands, and, and when you're in execution mode, when you're shifting hands, then there's no that no one really is the custodian of what the brand really stands for. Yeah. But if you have a framework, um, at, at least, you know, you know what your path is. Hmm. And um, th this path really starts with defining the ideal client, going on to defining what your USP, you know, your unique selling proposition is of the business. Yeah. Looking at, you know, what are your markets, which are your target markets? Hmm. How do you embed your culture and values into your brand communication? Yeah. And and right right up to delivering the product and serve or the service to the to the target audience. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're missing some of these critical steps, uh, and you're landing on the last few st stages, it can be mm. a disaster and actually ironically lead to a waste of both time and money, uh, both mm. of which are in short supply. I would say for businesses as well as for um, uh, you know startups where you're multitasking and wearing so many different hats. Yeah. Then, um, you know, then I have another perspective as well. Hmm. Um, rather than have full time people on board, I feel that consultants only work the time that you need them for. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, this really is great news for entrepreneurs who are on a tight budget because paying someone for full time, uh, full time for a job that only requires part time work and thought process is a total waste of your valuable resources. True. So, so I, you know, I, I've seen this working in real life. I've seen people hmm going uh, on this route, but then backtracking and uh, 
coming back to uh, sort of you know develop a saner perspective to their marketing yeah uh interesting and i think you know sometime earlier in this conversation you did mention and i think this is a very known fact and this happens specifically you know with indian entrepreneurs and startups where irrespective of who they reach out to you know if it's a consultant if it's an agency if it's a growth marketer for example their first step is okay we are willing to tie up with you but what is the kind of revenue what you can generate for me mm-hmm. uh before mm-hmm. they actually go through the entire journey of you know what my product is how do we plan to sell it what are the kind of customers that we reach so my question here is that expectations are normally much much larger than what uh, a brand or a or a startup can actually achieve and that's how it tends to be sometimes but considering you know budgets and their presence in the market and competition and the product or service are you able to forecast results for them before they get into some kind of association with you so when somebody comes and um, asks me this question i tell them that this is something that they have to tell me right you know in terms of what is it that there is their sales forecast Hmm. okay um perhaps the most important forecast in this respect is the sales forecast so what are they yeah. really what are their numbers have they done their have have they actually put together a business plan and in most cases it's a no so most people really think that branding and marketing is all about uh, in these days social media logo having a website and that's it yeah but an important part of your marketing strategy also is the forecasting process so i uh, typically prod them to work on their numbers of course uh, helping them to put the business plan together yeah. is also part of it but um, you know uh, a good business person should should have the skill to be able to accurately forecast demand and growth yeah um for a consultant uh, the consultant comes into picture to provide strategic thinking mm. brand positioning brand plans marketing execution and uh, marketing analytics right but uh, to to actually you know to say that my marketing will deliver x results it's mm. becoming easier now with performance marketing and everything is 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 mapped but yeah. that's really not the task of your brand right uh, it isn't yeah interesting okay so before we end today's episode I had one final question for you and this is something I know you're very passionate about. So being a woman leader in your field for over the last 25 years, what are some of the biggest changes you've noticed for women at work and what would be your advice to women still trying to figure out a footing in the corporate world today? Right. Right. Thank you for asking me this question because um, this is this is uh, you know uh, working for women in business is really my passion project. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, simply it, it it just stems from the fact that, uh, that it's been such a long journey and uh, in this journey of say about 25 plus years climbing the rungs. So so I I think my first immersion into the corporate world was very nurturing and I saw a lot of women uh, doing very well. Hmm. Um now in my next organization there were no women at the leadership level. Level. Oh, okay. so that was just like some of us um, yeah. in 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 the managerial uh, so i was a product manager at that time mm-hmm. right but um, the the next two levels were all men like just yeah. men so and uh, and so it continued it was mixed and in the third organization our ceo was uh, uh, was a woman 
राइट अगेन एक्सट्रीमली हाई प्रोफाइल ब्रांड इन हरसेल्फ एंड या सो यू नो सो दैट वॉज दिस बीकन ऑफ इंस्पिरेशन दैट आई हैड एंड एंड सो इट कंटिन्यू एंड बाय द वे दो आईव यू नो आई है वुमेन लीडर्स आई नेवर रियली रिपोर्टेड इन टू अ वुमन सो आई नेवर हैड अ वुमन बॉस सो दैट्स अवर हैपन एंड इन माई लास्ट ऑर्गेनाइजेशन आई वॉज द ओनली वुमन इन द लीडरशिप टीम टिल एन एक्सपैट एच आर डायरेक्टर came along so it's it's mm. just just been very very uh, mixed and um, yeah. you know in, in fact in that uh, in that particular organization and the domain was such because it was alcobev mm. um, at at times you know i've been actually stopped from entering what are my typical markets would be these ahatas mm. and you know um, um and and there have been many such examples you know many yeah. such examples so i i what i want to say is that typically i think uh, it's um, it's your industry as well and situation but mm. uh, over the past 25 years i i can see that the situation has definitely changed for women leadership in every arena it's happening slowly uh, yeah. and also i would put it's happening rapidly i would say both ironically because you know people who are really shooting to the top are, are, are those that have been you know have been resilient and continuing but more and more uh, of the younger management and the younger people who are entering the corporate world now um, have a lot of flexibility i think um, especially one of the gifts of the pandemic probably would be that a uh, lot of organizations are now will now be willing to um, uh, allow flexibility which was which was uh, unthinkable uh, in my times it was unthinkable yeah. um now women have a voice there are many enablers including organizations and platforms for women to do better and to be more successful and visible yeah. so um it's a great time for women to be out there it's a great time i tell my you know i tell my daughter and i'm bringing up two women leaders so uh, you know uh, i'm very passionate about this as well and i see yeah. and i tell them that you know just just go at it don't uh, don't don't shy away from opportunity and don't don't really make excuses you know there are no excuses if you can do it don't don't firstly don't use your womanhood or the fact that your your gender as a, a as an excuse hmm. i would say that it begins with the women first being in a, in the work force is gender agnostic at least it should be in the minds of the women yeah right you have to see yourself as a person and as a colleague as a you yeah. know as an individual so which is why i don't like the word uh, women leader somehow right. if you ask me i don't i don't like the word diversity uh, candidate I, these words um, really bother me yeah and and words like women empowerment i mean it it falls under the the same thing right i mean it's another word i don't like yeah, yeah. another <laughs> word i don't like who why do you why do you need to empower us we exactly. we're okay thank you <laughs> we're fine by ourselves just let us be let us exactly. do our thing exactly exactly yeah okay great so i think on this note uh, it brings us to the end of today's conversation uh, it has been great chatting with you and thank you thank you so much for coming on board i think some great insights and learnings you've been able to share through this conversation thank you so much prashant for having me it's been uh, you know you've touched on a lot of points that i love talking about and uh, it's been amazing to speak with you and it's it's just been a very very nice time that uh, we've spent together chatting Thank you so much for having me again. Same here. Thank you. A short message for those who plan to start their own podcast. You can visit www.hubhopperstudio.com. Hubhopper is India's leading podcast creation platform. Start your podcast with Hubhopper Studio and get your voice heard across multiple platforms. Click on the link in the episode description to know more. So for the rest of us, hope this episode was useful for you. 
and if you would like to know more about this topic you can reach out to deva priya on linkedin and in case if you have any doubts feedback or just want to spark a conversation you can catch me on linkedin instagram or twitter this is me signing out for this episode and looking forward to seeing you on the next one subscribe to the podcast for regular updates and one last thing don't forget to stay curious